This is Localization Today, a podcast from Multilingual Media, covering the most relevant daily news in the language industry. Africa, Dark Continent or the Last Frontier Africa's vast, colorful, and mysterious mother continent tends to be misunderstood. I wouldn't be the first or last inhabitant to be asked by somebody who has never been to Africa if I live in a mud hut and how often a lion walks past my front door, and this is just a sample of the many damaging stereotypes that pervade common perceptions of the continent. Content localization and language dubbing in Africa is also misunderstood. The vastness of the continent, the infrastructure gap, the fear of traveling to the continent, and language and cultural barriers create various business challenges. These can leave content owners questioning the value of doing business on the continent. Let's be honest, it's not called the dark continent for nothing. For those willing to shift their perspective to exploring the last frontier, opportunities abound. However, to succeed, you first need to better understand the continent, its geography, demographics, media, and entertainment segment, and the continent's diverse, nuanced cultural and linguistic landscape. Larger than China, the USA, India, and most of Central Europe collectively, Africa comprises 54 unique and independent countries and is home to the second-largest population globally. Our 3,000 different cultural and ethnic groups and more than 2,000 unique languages, about 32% of the world's languages, position Africa as the most genetically diverse continent on the planet. While the infrastructure gap is a harsh reality, it has created space for creative problem-solving that is socially and technologically shaping the continent in ways we have yet to fully predict. Combine technological leapfrogging with a young population, 19.4 is the median age, a rapidly expanding mobile infrastructure, and digital adoption, and it's easy to spot the wealth of entertainment and media opportunities from gaming and esports to online video and social media platforms. For example, according to PwC Africa Entertainment and Media Outlook 2022-2026, the African entertainment segment is valued at approximately $115 billion, and the OTT market is projected to triple in value to $2 billion by 2027. The Africa OTT TV and Video Forecasts 2023 report by Research and Markets Projects that Africa will have 15.57 million OTT subscribers by 2028, with Netflix set to own 45% of the market at a projected 6.49 million subscribers, followed by Amazon Prime with 3.01 million, African-owned Showmax with 2.2 million, and Disney Plus with 1.2 million. The GSMA estimates that 613 million people in sub-Saharan Africa, or 50% of the population, will have their own mobile subscription by 2025, making Africa a mobile-first market. This means that most viewers will consume video content on their phones. While the OTT market growth is exponential, real numbers aren't huge in relation to international subscriber bases. However, while the growth of linear subscription television and free-to-air has slowed, it is moderate in comparison to other parts of the world and is still a viable opportunity for content owners. Based on the geographic and linguistic diversity of the market, it's critical to ensure that you're speaking the language of your audience, so how do you get this right? The simple answer would be to choose a colonial language. 
After all, 43 of Africa's 54 countries are officially French, English, or Portuguese-speaking. There are 21 Francophone countries and 29 that speak French, 16 Anglophone and 6 Lusophone countries on the continent, suggesting that the language landscape of Africa fits neatly into Western linguistic parameters. The reality is that out of a 1.2 billion continental population, only 35% of Africans speak a colonial language, of which 167 million speak French, 8 million speak Portuguese, and only 6.5 million speak English, less than 1% of the entire continental population. Let's look at Africa's two largest economies, Nigeria and South Africa. Both have booming entertainment and media industries, with strong 2021 revenue growth as they recovered from the COVID-19 pandemic. Both also showed faster growth in data consumption than the global average in the same period. Both are officially English-speaking, but according to official statistics, only 7.2% of Nigerians and 8.1% of South Africans speak English at home. It's difficult to single out specific languages because both populations are diverse, but Zulu and Nigerian Pidgin, Niger, an English-based Creole, are South Africa and Nigeria's largest respective lingua franca. It's also important to note that this segmentation provides a general view within an urban context, outside of urban areas, specific regional and even hyperlocal language usage applies. More than 500 native languages are spoken in Nigeria, with South African trailing far behind with a mere fraction of that, though it boasts 12 official languages, reducing the idea that most Africans converse fluently in a colonial language to a Western fantasy. About 480 million, or equal slash dash 40% of Africans, speak one or more of 10 African mother tongues, including Arabic, which is spoken north of the Sahara Desert. In such a multilingual environment, many people will also speak multiple languages. In conversation, Africans are used to speaking one or more languages, while the other person responds in one or more different languages. It has also resulted in the development of new languages, or pseudo-languages, such as Shing slang, which grew out of the ghettos of Nairobi in Kenya in the 1950s as a language of the youth, but has spread to various classes and into neighboring Uganda and Tanzania. Nelson Mandela said, if you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. If you talk to him in his language, that goes to his heart. As one of the world's most beloved Africans, this should be the mantra of all content owners looking to dub their content for African audiences. The key to successfully connecting content in Africa is to research and define your audience's economic, cultural, and language demographics and then segment and segment again. In Africa, not everything is as it seems, so make sure you do your homework and always work with reputable dubbing companies that are African-owned with international accreditations and a proven track record. African-based companies will have much deeper insight and experience into who your potential audience is and advise on dialects and cultural nuance that will ensure that you're speaking the language of your audience. But be aware, the infrastructure gap impacts the dubbing industry too. As of 2023, only a handful of studios are technically equipped with sufficiently skilled technical and creative teams to produce dubbed content to an international standard acceptable to platforms like Netflix or Disney+. Most importantly, know that you get what you pay for. There is a misnomer that dubbing is cheap because Africa is poor, 
and the price of content isn't on par with the US or Europe. When working with a fair trade studio, rates will be less than Western counterparts but should not be extremely low priced, or you will get what you paid for. While the Francophone countries in Africa have long been associated with the dubbing culture, this is not the case in the rest of the continent. Outside of a few countries, the requirement for dubbing on a commercial scale has only emerged in the last decade. One of the biggest challenges dubbing companies face is that because of the vast language landscape and lack of studios on the continent, it's never possible for one studio to focus on a single language. Often, a studio will offer up to 30 languages and more to meet the needs of their clients. Fortunately, the cultural diaspora across the continent does ensure that mother tongue resources gather in large enough numbers in the economic hubs to ensure a large enough talent pool to draw from. However, it's not possible to work in all these languages consistently, so it's difficult to retain resources and that often results in skilled resources moving on to other industries to ensure regular income. This can impact project durations and turnaround times. Africa does tend to move at a slower pace than can be expected, so make allowance for this when planning a project. More time is always good, and an 8 to 10 week lead time to first delivery of content is average. Once you have secured a reputable dubbing partner, they will have the linguistic and cultural knowledge and experience to guide and make recommendations on dialects, accents, and cultural norms, if you already have a clear idea of the target language you want to dub into. Don't be tempted to pick a language based purely on audience size. It's important to apply this list of languages along with ENM data, where the largest and fastest growing markets are, and where your content is most suited. For example, Swahili is spoken by more than 150 million people, making it the most widely spoken African mother tongue, but as the diagram above indicates, the language is spoken across 12 countries across East Africa into the horn and above the Tropic of Capricorn. There has been more than one instance where international clients decide to dub their content into Swahili purely because of the audience size. They go into Google, search most spoken language in Africa, and decide based purely on numbers. This isn't necessarily the right approach. Not only does Swahili only cover one specific geographic region, but each country has different content needs. There are various dialects, differing impact of the infrastructure gap, and disparate cultural norms across the region which can result in disaster for the content owner. Swahili is never just Swahili, and it's not a situation where all accents and dialects are mutually intelligible, like US versus UK English. Choose the wrong program, wrong dialect, and wrong market for your content, and you've lost your audience and probably a large sum of money. The flip side is looking to dub into a minority language from a small or politically unstable country. These can be almost impossible to localize without going to the location where the language is spoken and setting up recording facilities, which will always be extremely expensive or simply impossible due to travel restrictions. The quality of the final performance will also invariably be poor due to talent being selected on availability, and often, whether they can read or not. Most importantly, while Africa boasts more than 2,000 individual mother tongues, these are spoken within a framework of over 3,000 individual ethnic groups. Diversity of faith, 
which ranges from major to traditional religions complicated by ethnicity and social and cultural norms, adds another level of complexity to gauging content appeal and business decisions. Who overall have traditional values, so more conservative content and storylines tend to have greater appeal and traction. Finally, it can be easy to fall into the trap of thinking that you know what African audiences want. But don't, it's patronizing and won't be well received. Also, don't believe you have solutions for African problems, there's a good chance it won't work. African problems tend to require African solutions, and we're quite good at finding them. The reality is that Africa is huge, and localizing your content for the continent can be a daunting task. However, with some research and the right dubbing partner, there is no shortage of opportunities to successfully connect with the continent. Louise Colcott-Stevens is co-founder and CEO at Ear Candy, media localization expert, and African language advocate. This article was originally published on Multilingual Magazine July 2023. Thank you for listening to Localization Today. To subscribe to Multilingual Magazine, go to multilingual.com slash subscribe.